No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today, we see where just before Gideon goes into battle, the Lord tells him that he has too many troops. It's a lesson in total dependency upon God. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Judges chapter 7 on Simply the Bible. God called Gideon, an unlikely candidate, to lead Israel against the Midianites, who had been stealing food from Israel and forcing them to live in caves and holes in the ground. Gideon had called for the children of Israel to come and follow him. We pick it up in Judges chapter 7. Then Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Moreh in the valley. Gideon and his men were at the well of Herod. Now the Hebrew means well of trembling, and that describes the condition of Gideon and his army. They had 32,000 troops, but they were facing a Midianite army of 135,000. That's roughly four to one odds. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, my own hand has saved me. I think that if I had been Gideon, I would have said, did I hear you right, God? I have too many men. Don't you see how many we're facing? But God knows man's tendency to take credit for what he has done. God wanted to remove any possibility of boasting, so he would reduce their numbers to the point that it was obvious that only God did it. This is a universal principle of how God works. God won't share his glory with anyone. He won't tolerate any flesh glorying in his presence. So that explains why God chooses the people he chooses. He chooses the weak things to confound the wise. But in the process, this plan would also increase Gideon's faith. Now, therefore, proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. Now, God was being consistent with his word, which is something he will always do, always be consistent with his revealed word. For he told Moses in Deuteronomy 20, verse 8, that before leading the army into battle, the officers were to say to their men, What man is there who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return to his house, lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. God knew that fear was contagious. A fearful soldier could quickly discourage the hearts of his comrades. Therefore, it was best for them to go home. God would sooner accomplish more with a few brave, wholehearted soldiers than to choose to use many timid soldiers. However, this two-thirds reduction of the troops certainly would have struck even greater fear in Gideon's heart. But the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that 
of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And of whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. Now, in this second phase of the troop reduction, there has been much speculation about the meaning of the test that God used to separate the men. The one thing we do know is that the main purpose of the test was to reduce the size of the army. God could have used any method. He could have said, whoever has brown hair or blue eyes, or that wouldn't have been too many blue-eyed people in that part of the world, but he could have used anything that he wanted. Instead, he separated them by how they chose to drink water. So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, By the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. So the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands, and he sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those 300 men. Probably the way this worked out was that the men went to the water's edge in groups. Some got down on all fours, putting their head into the water. Others merely stooped and cupped the water in the palm of their hand and lifted it to their mouths, lapping it like a dog. This would have been easy for Gideon to observe which was which. And then after they were all done, he separated the men without any of them knowing that they had been tested. This is often how God tests us. We're just going through life, making our choices. We don't realize that God is testing us and separating us for his purposes. Therefore, we should always do our best to make the right choices, making the most of every opportunity. God is always watching and he's using our choices to decide how he's going to use us in the future. Gideon retained the 300 whom God had selected, putting a trumpet in their hand and he sent the others home. Gideon was acting now on his faith in what God had said. Now the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. It happened on the same night the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have delivered it into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant, and you shall hear what they say, and afterward your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. God had already told Gideon three times that he would give Israel victory. And he had reassured Gideon by giving him three special signs. Fire that came from the rock to consume his sacrifice, the wet fleece and the dry ground, and then the dry fleece and the wet ground, as Gideon had asked. But God knew that Gideon was still frightened. So he offered Gideon yet another sign to encourage him. I am so thankful that God is so gracious and patient with us and does not condemn us when we have doubts or fears. We are told in Hebrews 4 that our great high priest, Jesus Christ, is sympathetic with our weaknesses. He has been tempted in all ways as we are yet without sin. He knows our frame. He knows that we're made of dust. And he knows how prone we are, especially in the heat of battle, to fear. So, God made it very clear to Gideon to encourage him 
that God was with him and that God was going to deliver him. Then he went down with Pura, his servant, to the outpost of the armed men who were in the camp. Now the Midianites and the Amalekites, all the people of the east, were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts, and their camels were without number as the sand by the seashore in multitude. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I have had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned and the tent collapsed. Then his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, the man of Israel. Into his hand God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. Amazing. Here's these two guys just talking and Gideon happens to overhear their conversation and one had this dream. Now, a loaf of barley bread would have spoken of something very humble, really, because barley was what they fed to animals and to the poor people. It wasn't like it was a big boulder rolling down a hill, taking out the Midian tent. It was a a loaf of barley bread and that pretty much described Gideon. He was just a nobody in Israel who had 300 men. They couldn't really do a whole lot to 135,000, and yet God was going to use them. And what's interesting, too, is that the enemy was aware of Gideon and was afraid of Gideon. I think so many times that we are afraid of the enemy. We're afraid of what the enemy's going to do to us. But if you're walking with the Lord, if you're following his commandments, you are a threat to Satan and hell. Don't worry about the devil if you're walking with the Lord. If you fear God, you don't need to fear Satan. You don't need to fear the enemy. But you may be the talk of hell, you see. Verse 15, And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshipped. No doubt Gideon was so overwhelmed with God's perfect arrangement of these events and his goodness in letting Gideon hear what the enemy was saying about him that, All he could do was to worship. I have had those moments when I have just been so overwhelmed with God's providence and his grace and goodness in my life that all I can do is just stop and say, God, you're so good. Thank you for working things out the way you do. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. Then he divided the 300 men into three companies and he put a trumpet into every man's hand with empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise, watch. And when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Now, We see Gideon really commanding with confidence here. He's been encouraged, and he has a plan that he's formed. He would divide the troops into three companies, 100 men per company. Every single man would have a trumpet in his hand, which they would blow at the right time. They would come under the covering of darkness, so they'd catch the enemy by surprise. And Gideon would set the example. He said, watch me, do as I do. That's always a good leader, one who leads by example. And then they would shout out the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Now, that's funny because they didn't have any swords. The Midianites had taken all their swords away, but they were sort of bluffing. But on the other hand, they did have the sword of the Lord, which is the word of God going for them. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. 
just as they had posted the watch and they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. Now, each trumpet that they heard would have represented to the Midianites maybe 300 to 1,000 soldiers. They didn't know. They just heard these trumpets blaring and thought they were surrounded by a great army. Then, of course, the the breaking of the pitchers would have released the the torchlight so that suddenly all they could see were these torchlights coming at them. Sort of like if you see a car headlights coming at you, that's all you see are the lights. They had no idea how many people were behind those torches. It was sudden terror. And when the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. And the army fled to Beth Acacia towards Zerah, as far as the border of Abel Mehola by Tabith. And so God brought great confusion. They started attacking um, each other. And God brought about a great victory with 300 men and no swords, just torches and clay pots and trumpets. It just shows you what God can do when you are totally reliant upon him. And that's why we can't lean on our own understanding. We need to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and follow his word. And God will ensure a great victory. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we will see Gideon and the men of Israel pursue and kill the two princes and two kings of Midian. Then, Gideon punishes two cities for not giving his army food. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Judges on Simply the Bible.